This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. There's a bear in there And a chair as well There are people with games And stories to tell Open wide Come inside <laughs> It's gay school Yes, of course, this is our regular gay news update, gay school um, I'm Maddie And I'm Steph and if you have any final comments to make in the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes that we're going to be here, 0427 join 949 on air at joy.org.au. So we're just going to be going over some of the things that have happened in the, happened in the world relating to queer people most recently. First up, um, International Olympic Committee has added a non-discrimination clause after the incident with the Sochi Olympics, with the Sochi Winter <coughs> Olympics. So uh, the clause... Uh, states a country or, or a person on um, okay half a sec it's not worded all that well sorry <coughs> not a problem the whole idea is that um, a country or a person who discriminates on grounds of race religion politics gender or otherwise is incompatible with belonging to the Olympic movement which is awesome that's progressing yeah the tw- candidates for 2012 are for the Winter Olympics, uh, Oslo, Beijing, and a city in Kazakhstan. Um, the IOC came under a lot of criticism um, when the most recent Winter Olympics were in Sochi, so recently after the Russian anti-gay laws were passed, because obviously in Russia, any kind of homosexual propaganda is going to corrupt the children. After the gulag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um... But now, yeah, a host city would be required to follow a part of the internet of the official Olympic Charter, which states any form of discrimination with regard to a country or a person on grounds of race, religion, politics, gender, or otherwise is incompatible with belonging to the Olympic movement. That's good, and that's that's nice in general because the <coughs> otherwise can apply to a lot of things. This is an interesting one. Um, Melbourne Gay Nightclub will ban patrons for life if found with meth or GHB. Popular Melbourne Australia gay club Puffdorf is banning patrons who bring crystal methamphetamine and GHB into the club for life. And those placed on the ban list won't be able to get into more than 100 other venues. Ooh, what that's are your, pretty intense. What are your thoughts? Because I I kind of have a contrarian opinion to this because I, I kind of feel like it feeds into the stigma of drug users. And what if these people do get rehabilitated? Like, what happens then? Yeah, this? like, there's, there's a feeling of, like, I totally respect the whole we don't want this in our premises and like it's a private venue. They can do, you know, they can forbid something if they want to. But how is but, it going to address the wider issue of the ice crisis in the queer community? That's yeah, what I'm yeah, kind like, of fuddled about. I think it makes a good statement that, you know, that this is an unsafe practice and that it is becoming endemic among gay and bisexual men in particular. But I also get a bit of where... It doesn't mean people will stop using. It means they'll just stop using at Puftuf. Yeah. And it kind of provides allowances for other other respectable illegal drugs to be used as well. Yeah. Like, I, I made the mistake of reading the comments on the article because, you know, never read the comments. Do not. Yeah, but people were saying, you know, where's the line? You know, say, 
Will they do the same thing with ecstasy, with various other party drugs? I saw a long bow being drawn with alcohol as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good statement. Like it's, it's good rhetoric they can use for um, advertising. But other than that, I don't see it going beyond... It, it has a short-term impact, but in the long term... I don't really see it as being mm. tangible. I do like that they've made this that they have made the statement, look, we don't endorse this and we don't like the idea of people doing it because yeah. it's dangerous. I respect that that Yeah, way. that yeah. like that's a good statement to make. So what they'll be doing, um, they'll be banned on the Scantex security system, which means um, under the Scantex system, clubbers' IDs are scanned when they enter a nightclub and the details go into a national database that's shared by all venues in the system allowing clubs to exclude clubbers who've caused problems at other venues. There's about 4,500 Australians who are banned in some way using Scantec, (laughs) about 20% of which were um, due to drug use. So that's, like, I actually didn't know that. I don't go clubbing very often at all. Same. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've been a few times, but it's not really my scene. But, like, I like the statement that they're making, I'm not sure if I'm totally on board with the way they're going about it, mm. basically. Another piece of news is about a new study showing um, the well-being of both um, people who are uh, bisexual versus people who are gay or lesbian. And, has, and bisexual people have come out to experience like disproportionate levels of poverty, violence, suicide, and discrimination more so than gay and lesbian people. Um, around uh, about people living in poverty, about twenty five percent of bisexual men and thirty percent of bisexual women live in poverty, compared to twenty percent of gay men and twenty three percent of lesbians. So that's you know that is that's considerable. Like twenty twenty percent versus twenty five percent. That's you know a twenty five percent a twenty twenty five percent jump. You know from one to the next. Um, same with thirty uh, percent versus twenty three percent. Like that's considerable. It's it's shocking. Um, at work, almost three in five bisexual employees have heard jokes or comments about their sexuality and feel like they work in a hostile environment. It has been said that uh, about fifty two percent of the LGBT community consists of bisexual people. So, like, it's not like bi people are a huge minority, but they are a discriminated against one. I've, uh, there is this kind of societal pressure within the queer community for bisexual people to declare either they're straight or gay. Yeah. And it seems like generally that a bi man will be assumed to be gay and a bi woman will be assumed to be straight. They're just saying, oh, they're just pretending until they really come out. And it's like, it, those comments like that are derogatory because I know people that are bisexual and they're sick and tired of being told that oh, definitely. they're untrustworthy because they're bisexual. Yeah. Um Bisexual people, and this is also said, are six times more likely than gay men and lesbians to be closeted. That's that's huge. That, that is intense. Is insane. Because um, one thing with uh, bisexuality, as we were saying, um, there's the whole idea that oh, bi people can have it easy because they can just choose to only date the opposite sex. But you know, the heart doesn't work like that. It depends on the person and how what what affinity they have towards them. Yeah, and there's like there's a if you look at the Joy website and look up Generation Next, there's actually a podcast from a couple of weeks ago about Eleanor and I talking specifically about biphobia. But it is a huge issue, and this study act really does show it. And it focuses on the erasure they face within the community. Yeah, definitely. The Australian Senate... Oh, moving on. The Australian Senate advises against recognising foreign gay marriages. A bill to recognise hundreds of Australian gay couples who went abroad was introduced in March. 
The Australian Senate has recommended Parliament does not pass a bill to recognise gay couples who married in places where same-sex unions are legal. Great. Wow. Yeah. So some submitters expressed concern that the bill was a surreptitious attempt to introduce marriage equality. Really? Really. Because that's such a terrible thing. Um, like, the Law Council of Australia was concerned that the bill would create a discriminatory situation where only couples with the financial resources to travel overseas would have access to gay marriage, which, you know, th- that's kind of fair, but uh, other issues included religious freedom because I can't make everyone practice my religion. You're, you know, you're removing my freedoms. Gay marriage is going to make you really depressed. Wow. And the whole slippery slope thing, because oh obviously, you know, a same-sex couple marrying each other will, of course, lead to polygamous marriage, child marriage, etc. Yeah, it's not on. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Hanson Young, one of Australian politics' is good, good guys, introduced the bill in March this year. So, like, we're trying... Uh, the National Director of marriage, uh, Australian Marriage Equality, Rodney Croom, said the Senate report is a slap in the face to the hundreds of loving, committed Australian couples who have married overseas. This one-sided report highlights why it is important for the coalition members to be allowed a free vote on marriage equality and are no longer tied to automatically opposing it. Sydney resident Shirlene Robertson, who will marry her fiancé, Sarah Midgley, in the Sydney UK consulate tomorrow, said... It is deeply disappointing that Australians can expect greater respect and recognition from foreign or governments from, than from their own. So, uh, so, uh, disappointing, but not exactly surprising. Astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to have our solemn vows recognised under Australian law, but we are determined to not let that Senate report ruin our special day. Girl, you should never let the Senate report ruin your special day. <laughs> you go like, out there and get married. How many countries are there where same-sex marriage is legal? How many of them have had the sky fall in? None. Um, it's just about time for us to finish up, unfortunately. It always just goes so fast. But we have one last text to read out. Yeah, someone saying, that was a wonderful chat about the asylum seekers and breakups. It's sad that it's becoming more and more difficult for refugees to find a home in Oz. I came from a third world country, but I was fortunate enough to get my citizenship easily, and I'm very thankful for that. Being able to be who I am and love who I want to is the biggest form of living. I share the same sentiments with you. Yeah, good for you. I'm really, really glad that, that you were able to get your citizenship here. And yeah, uh, being able to be who I am and love who I want to is the biggest form of living. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. It is five minutes to eight, which means that it's just about time for us to finish up. Yeah. Always a sad time of the week. Remember, you can uh, always find us on Facebook. Just look up Generation Next. And we are going to be back same time next week with hopefully... People. Uh, people who are not sick. <laughs> because, you know, it's there are people who are ill, there are people who are busy with uni work. Fingers crossed we're going to have a few of our old faces back again next week. Yes. Thanks so much for listening. Good night. I'm Maddie. <coughs> and I'm Steph. Thanks for listening to Another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.